Chapter Nineteen of A Coin of Edward the Seventh. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. A Coin of Edward the Seventh by Fergus Hume. Chapter Nineteen. The Clue Leads to London. It was indeed Portia. Seeing that she was discovered, she sprang from the bed and faced Giles with a sullen, defiant look on her freckled face still standing in the strong light which poured in through the window ware looked at the girl satirically you are a very clever mimic miss franklin said he but you rather forgot yourself in that last speech anne is of too sensitive a nature to have explained herself with such a wealth of detail you were deceived at first grumbled portia rocking herself only for a moment replied giles and now i should like to know the meaning of this masquerade i also cried franklin in his turn he was staring at his daughter with a look of profound amazement where is anne you wretched girl she has run away run away exclaimed the men simultaneously yes after your finding out last night that she had killed daisy kent she was afraid to stop she knew that you hated her father and thought you might hand her over to the police last night she told me so and said she would run away i love anne and i let her do as she liked it was i who let her out ended portia defiantly anne should not have so mistrusted me cried franklin much perturbed surely i always protected her and treated her well ah but you didn't know till last night that she was guilty no but for all that began franklin only to break off where has she gone he demanded angrily i don't know she had some money and took a small black bag with her she said when she got settled she would write here and let me know where she was on condition that i did not tell you she has every reason to poor miserable girl to be an outcast and now to leave her only refuge he sighed and shook his head giles all the time had been watching portia whose face bore an expression of obstinacy worthy of a mule did this scheme for anne's departure include the masquerade you have indulged in it is my own idea she retorted defiantly anne wished to get away without my father knowing so i stopped in her room and pretended to be anne the servants were deceived as i knew exactly how to imitate her voice i pulled down the blind so that no one should see who i was only you could have guessed the truth how is that because you love her giles thought this a strange speech for the heavy-looking girl to make is that an original remark on your part he asked no she confessed candidly i suggested to anne that i should pass myself off as her and so give her a longer time to get away she said that i might deceive the servants and my father but that i could never deceive you because you loved her but i had a good try continued portia nodding her red head triumphantly when my father spoke your name at the door i thought i would try well you have done so only to fail responded ware coolly for the moment i was deceived but you forgot how to manage your voice and moreover your explanation was too elaborate but how is it you dare to confess as anne that she killed the girl anne did kill daisy kent she did not yes she did she confessed as much to father last night and to me also she asked me to tell you so that you might forget all about her i was going over to your place this very day to tell but when father brought you in i thought i would pretend to be anne and tell you in that way 
Anne would have written and— No, she wouldn't, said Portia eagerly. She began to write a letter saying that she was guilty, but afterwards she thought it might fall into the hands of the police and tore it up. She told me to let you know by word of mouth. All she asks of you is that you will forget that she ever existed. Let her tell me that with her own lips, said Giles, groaning. Yes, Portia, tell Mr. Ware the place Anne has gone to. Portia eyed her father with some anger. How can I tell when I don't know? Anne never said where she was going. I let her out by the back door just before dawn, and she went away. I know no more. If she writes, you will let Mr. Ware know. I shan't retorted the girl and wants him to forget her that is impossible said giles whose face was now haggard with the anguish of the moment but you must be my friend portia and tell me think how i suffer think how she suffers poor darling cried portia whose sympathies were all with anne don't ask me any more i shan't speak and speak she would not although giles cajoled and franklin stormed whatever could be said of portia she was very loyal to the outcast there was nothing for it but for ware to depart and this he did what was the best thing to be done giles did not very well know anne was lost again and he did not know where to look for her he could not bring himself to believe that she was guilty in spite of her confession to portia and franklin it's that blackguard of a father of hers over again he thought as he tramped moodily through the priory park she is afraid lest his brother her uncle should denounce him and has taken the crime on her own shoulders even though he is her father she should not sacrifice so much for him but it is just noble of her to do so oh my poor love shall i ever be able to shelter you from the storms of life there did not seem to be much chance of it at the present moment mistrusting her uncle she had vanished and would let no one but portia know of her new hiding-place and portia as giles saw was too devoted to anne to confess her whereabouts without permission and how was such permission to be obtained anne allowed her uncle to think her guilty in order to save her unworthy father from his fraternal hatred she had asserted her innocence to giles but had apparently through portia tried to deceive him again so that he might not follow her poor darling cried giles full of pity she wishes to put me out of her life and has fled to avoid incriminating her father if she told me the whole truth her father would be in danger and she chooses to bear his guilt herself but why should she think i would betray the man bad as he is i should screen him for her dear sake Oh giles stopped and looked up appealingly to the hot blue sky if i only knew where she was to be found if i could only hold her in my arms never never would i let her go again my poor quixotic darling shall i ever be worthy of such nobility it was all very well apostrophizing the sky but such heroics did not help him in any practical way he cast about in his own mind to consider in which direction she had gone the nearest railway station to london was five miles away but she would not leave the district thus openly for the station-master knew her well she had frequently travelled from that centre as miss denham and he would be sure to recognise her even though she wore a veil 
Anne, as Giles judged, would not risk such recognition. Certainly there was another station ten miles distant, which was very little used by the Rickwell people. She might have tramped that distance and have taken a ticket to London from there. But was it her intention to go to London? Giles thought it highly probable that she would. Anne, as he knew from Portia, had very little money, and it would be necessary for her to seek out some friend. She would probably go to Mrs. Cairns, for Mrs. Cairns believed her to be guiltless and would shelter her in the meantime. Later on a situation could be procured for her abroad, and she could leave England under a feigned name. Giles felt that this was the course Anne would adopt, and he determined to follow the clue suggested by this theory. Having made up his mind to this course, Giles hurried home to pack a few things and arrange for his immediate departure. Chance, or rather providence, led him past Mrs. Perry's eye about five o'clock. Of course the good lady was behind the window spying on all and sundry, as usual. She caught sight of Giles striding along the road with bent head and a discouraged air. Wondering what was the matter and desperately anxious to know, Mrs. Perry sent out Jane to intercept him and ask him in. Giles declined to enter at first, but then it struck him that since he was in search of information about Anne, Mrs. Perry might know something. Her knowledge was so omniscient that, for all he knew, she might have been aware all the time of Anne's presence at the Priory, but held her tongue, which Mrs. Perry could do sometimes, out of pity for the girl's fate. Giles went in resolved to pump Mrs. Perry without mentioning what he knew of Anne. Supposing she was ignorant, he was not going to be the one to reveal Anne's refuge. And if she did know, Ware was certain that Mrs. Perry would tell him all, since she was aware how deeply he loved the governess. Thus, in another five minutes, the young man found himself seated in the big armchair opposite the old lady. She was rather grim with him. "'You have not been to see me for ever so long,' said she, rubbing her beaky nose. "'Your royal princesses have taken up too much of your time, I suppose. Oh, I know all about them.' "'I am sorry they did not stay for a few days,' replied Giles in his most amiable tone. "'I wish to introduce them to you.' "'You mean present me to them,' corrected the old dame, who was a stickler for etiquette. "'They are genuine princesses, are they not?' "'Oh, yes, but they are not royal. Princess Caraxay is the wife of a Magyar noble. She is not an Austrian, however, as she came from Jamaica. The younger Princess Olga is—' "'Jamaica!' interrupted Mrs. Perry. "'Humph! That is where Anne Denham was born. Queer this woman should come from the same island. It's certainly odd.' replied giles but a mere coincidence humph from mrs perry some folks make their own coincidences what do you mean mrs perry mean humph i don't know if i should tell you giles was now on fire to learn her meaning evidently mrs perry did know something and might be able to help him but seeing that she was slightly offended with him it required some tact to get the necessary information out of the old lady giles knew the best way to effect his purpose was to feign indifference mrs perry was bursting to tell her news and that it would come out the sooner if he pretended that he did not much care to hear it there is no reason why you should tell me said he coolly i know all about the princess caraxay she and her daughter only came down here for a rest oh they did did they ware humph 
she rubbed a nose again and eyed him with a malignant pleasure are you sure the elder princess didn't come down to see franklin she doesn't know him said giles trying to be calm she took a walk in the priory woods i suppose that is how the mistake i don't make mistakes retorted mrs parry with a snort i know a new gardener who is employed at the priory he told jane who told me that princess caraxay the mother called on franklin the other morning and entered the house she was with him for over an hour he came to the door to see her off the gardener was attending to some shrubs near at hand he could not hear what they said to one another but he declares that franklin was as pale as a sheet queer thought giles remembering how the elder lady had denied all knowledge of the man however he did not make this remark to mrs parry well there's nothing in that said he aloud franklin lived in italy for many years he may have met the princess there true enough mrs parry was rather discomfited there may be nothing in it and franklin seems to be decent enough in his life though a bit of a recluse i've nothing to say against the man giles thought that this was rather fortunate for franklin seeing that mrs parry's tongue was so dangerous if she ever came to know of his brother walter and of the relations between him and george she would be sure to make mischief he thought it prudent to say nothing the less revealed to the good lady the better however this attitude did not prevent ware from trying to learn what mrs parry had discovered with regard to the two princesses she told him an interesting detail without being urged last night about nine i saw one of them out for a walk princess olga questioned giles mrs parry nodded if she is the younger of the two she is not a bad-looking girl where she passed my window and went on to look at the church rather a strange hour to look at a church giles started it was about that hour that he had been talking to anne and shortly afterwards she had heard the footsteps and had fled he now believed that olga must have overheard a portion of their conversation it was her footsteps which they had heard retreating at once he remembered olga's threat that if he tampered with anne in the meantime she would have her arrested this then was the reason why olga had not come to his house again and why she and her mother had left so suddenly for london he wondered if the elder princess knew about anne and was assisting her daughter to get the poor girl into the hands of the law giles turned pale what's the matter ware asked mrs parry sitting up nothing he stammered but this coincidence oh i simply mean that as princess caraxi and anne both come from jamaica it was strange that they should go away to london together don't you think so there must be some connection giles started to his feet anne he said loudly do you know that anne is here she was here said mrs parry with a gratified chuckle but where she has been hiding is more than i know however i am certain it was anne i saw this morning on the moor she was veiled and dressed quietly but i knew her walk and the turn of her head you must be mistaken said giles perplexed indeed i'm not trust one woman to know another however she may disguise herself i tell you anne denham has been here in hiding i don't believe she left the neighbourhood after all i wonder who took her in muttered mrs parry rubbing her nose as usual i must find that out but what do you mean by saying anne went to london with the 
i can believe my own eyes and ears i suppose snapped the good lady i was out at seven o'clock taking a walk i always do get up early in summer that is how i keep my health i have no patience with those who lie in bed and-but what did you see don't you be impatient ware i want you to find anne as i believe she is guiltless and has suffered a lot unjustly while you have been on a wild goose chase she has been here all the time if i had only known i should have told you but i didn't worse luck i know you are my friend said giles pressing her hand and you can help me by saying where anne has gone to oh my good man you must find that out for yourself i believe she has gone to london with those princesses of yours at least that fool of a morris said they left his inn this morning early to go to london they drove to the westbury station that is the one we hardly ever use down here the barnham station is the nearest yes yes the westbury is ten miles away you go across the moor my good ware have i lived all these years in this place without knowing it as well as i know my own nose hold your tongue or i'll tell you nothing the coachman who drove these princesses of yours mrs perry always used this phrase disdainfully is a new man morris hired him from chelmsford and he does not know anne luckily for her if it had been the old coachman she might have been in jail by this time well as i say i was on the moor and saw the carriage coming along i didn't know that those princesses were in it till one of them the younger got out and stood by the roadside i was close at hand and hidden by a gorse bush she whistled i tell you where she whistled what manners these foreigners have three times she whistled then some one rose from behind another bush and walked quickly to the carriage it was anne oh don't tell me it wasn't cried mrs perry vigorously shaking her head i knew her walk and the turn of her head trust me for knowing her amongst a thousand and denham it was and none other what happened then asked giles anxiously why this princess olga embraced and kissed her does she know her yes they have been friends for a long time humph and princess olga's mother comes from jamaica where anne was born said mrs perry queer there is some sort of a connection you are too suspicious mrs perry all the better but i can see through a stone wall believe me where that if there isn't some connection between those two i am a dutchwoman however anne got into the carriage and it drove away giles caught up his hat to london he cried jubilantly i know where anne is to be found now and to mrs perry's dismay he rushed out End of chapter nineteen read by Celine Major